Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Rewind podcast. Been a couple of weeks, but gearing right up into the international footy season. The World Cup warm-ups are well underway. Players are going down left, right and centre. Some big news on the injury front heading into the World Cup. And tell you what, it's just going to keep on ticking in these last couple of weeks before heading into it, I'd imagine. Oh, mate, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. I was watching that uh, the highlights of France and Scotland. And I was just thinking to myself, man... Intermac is looking so good. Oh, I know um, he's looking like he's really running the car. And, 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 and I love, I love Intermac, but like, I had this weird. I don't know how I felt, but I just had this weird feeling that he's going to get himself injured in this game because they were playing their top side. France was, so you know, a bit risky. I thought, and sure enough, mm. he went down. Um, he's got is it an ACL potentially? Oh, I can't remember what it was, but he's he's out for a while, out for the whole tournament. I mean, it's a it's, it's, it's damn, it's a massive loss. But I tell you what, if you were to compare that loss, Roman into Mac for France or Johnny Sexton for Ireland, Sexton's a bigger loss in my opinion because there's more yeah, coverage. If Sexton was gone the whole time, that would be huge. At least they I'm, rely on they rely on him so hugely. And I, I mean, think, if Sexton goes down, is it Carberry next in line for them? Uh, I don't know. Potentially, yeah. And they got um, um, I should know his name, that ginger fella as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, they're not bad, but they're not sixth to another. Yeah, but you look at France, so there's there's some pretty class options. At yeah, team. is it Jelly Bear? Who comes yeah, Jelly Bear. Yeah, he's um, class. I mean, Intermix, like him and DuPont are an extremely good combination. It's but just, at least France had the shame. It's a real shame not to see these players. And like, just, just before we get on to what we're doing in this episode, let's also touch on Australia. I mean, what a bizarre team. Oh, that's a, that could be a whole episode in itself. Like you would have, everyone would have seen the Aussie team by now. It's it's almost like Eddie Jones has just picked positions out of a hat, and he just had to pick someone there. Well, he's only picked bizarre. out like first five months. He's like, oh darn it, guess I'm gonna have to the just take card. The TAB, the TAB would have been paying an astronomical amount of money if they'd had an option to bet on what team it was going to be. I mean, that if you could have bet I on Ben Donaldson making the side despite not playing since Italy last year. I just, I think it's absolutely absurd. I mean, I looked at that squad when I first saw it on YouTube because it was on the, the Wallabies page on YouTube. I thought it was a parody. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> or maybe I was reading the Australia. Yeah, one of them rugby pass articles of like, yeah, what a 2027 World Cup side would line up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw one of the rugby pass posts on Max's page yesterday, actually. It was like some absurd... Oh, I think it was like Tuvasa Sheik on the wing. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. What was all that about? Wheel that out because I don't want to risk anyone getting injured. I mean, South Africa are missing three big names. Aussie are missing a whole host of names. France now as well. I it don't was, want New Zealand yeah. to be amongst that list. Australia have named a bizarre team and they've left out so many. Like, I mean, Quade Cooper, yes, he hasn't been flash, but the thing is, is he's experienced. And Donaldson is Who not Who would you rather either. come in if Carter Gordon's injured would you rather Ben Donaldson have to run the cutter or Quade Cooper well that's the thing obviously I'd choose Cooper but the thing is the other thing I was someone actually raised it on Reddit and I thought it was a very good point um they've actually only got two goal kickers in their yeah, entire that's the team. thing Nick White's their like first choice goal kicker and yes yeah. and Carter Gordon well, Carter Gordon until he kicked for Australia Carter Gordon's not a known goal kicker Donaldson does kick, but he's not great at it. And so, yeah, you're right. But if Nick White doesn't start, it's going to be Carter Gordon, which is fine yeah. if he's he on He looked all right in that second bleeders, though. But yeah, he's 
he hasn't yeah, but, really but, been know, pressure goal kicking, has he? Think about the history of World Cups, mate. I mean, look at the New Zealand side in 2011. They probably went through about seven goal kicking choices, maybe maybe more. I mean, some teams, you, you need coverage, and I feel like they haven't got a lot of them. Yeah, look how many games are won by a handful of points. It comes down to your kicker, doesn't it? So. Oh, look, it's just a bizarre choice. And look, we'll all be singing his praise as Eddie Jones if it comes off. I don't think it will, but who knows? It's the sort of team I'd expect after the World Cup. Like, There's a, some exciting players in there. Like, I'm excited to see Max Jorgensen and co, but didn't think I'd be seeing him yet. He got damn lucky to get in the side. A fair play to him. He plays well, he plays well. But, I mean, you're leaving a lot of experience behind. I mean, obviously, you're going to choose the likes of Mark Nwonga Tiawasi. He's looking incredible. Um, but, you know, we still don't really know what's going on with Michael Hooper. He said he was going to be back on the side. Yeah, on that, that's um, a big loss. Again, he's, McWright's probably on better form, but you don't leave Hooper out, surely. Nah, so I'm not sure what's happening there. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Quade Cooper, who will be very disappointed. James O'Connor, I know he hasn't been playing yeah, well. Yeah, O'Connor but... and Hodgie haven't been necessarily their best, but like they're big names and they do a job. They're versatile, very, very versatile players. They're experienced at World Cups. Um, I mean, even uh, can we actually say that um, Lolasio is worse than you know Ben Donaldson? I think he's still good enough to go, to be honest. Yeah, anyway. I, Donaldson. I know we're shitting on him a bit here. He's not a bad player, but like, no. you're gonna struggle to find many people that say he's a better pick than Lolasio or Quade Cooper. Look, we could talk about this team all day. Yeah, long, one but... other name I wanted to touch on was uh, Bonivalu. Yeah, I actually think you're you're right. I actually think I could be wrong here, but that could be the most unjustified selection. I've read a lot of comments about this, and the most one I feel like the most most accurate is they picked a whole lot of wiggers, and they're like, right, Chuck Vudivalu in as an advertisement of if you come over from the NRL, you're going to come to the World Cup, you're going to get a chance in Wallaby Cold, no matter how dire your form is. The problem that they've got, I believe, is I was already on Reddit. Apparently, he's on such a huge contract that it would, it would almost be like an embarrassment to the ARU to say, oh, well, you're not good enough to play in the World Cup. I think he's on like a million a season or something. Unless he somehow um, lights it up at the World Cup. We're probably not going to see him again after this tournament. So, yeah, it's uh, look, we could talk about the Wallabies selections for many, many hours, I imagine. But yeah, coming into the uh, World Cup weeks, we'll no doubt be doing previews and we will be. stuff now, on look, all the pools and teams. There's always dark horses, mate, and the English aren't playing very well either, are they? So... Who knows who's going well, to win? Someone from that side of the draw has got to go far. Well, I reckon it'll be oh. someone we don't expect. Well, Aussie, Wales, Argentina, England are all the, sort of the top dogs oh, I think there, the, and none oh, are I looking th- that amazing. Japan aren't looking that amazing either. So I think the Argies will be one of the teams who usually do. They usually do pretty well at World Cups. So yeah, I they think turn on at World Cups. Um, they'll probably be all right, but I think one of the other smaller nations, one of the island nations, might step yeah, up. Yeah, we might as well. see a Fiji or Samoa. Who knows? Tonga does have that side, but do they have what it takes to get to the next level? I don't know. Yeah, not with the pool they got. It's tough, very tough. Fiji are always good. I always, I'm probably in the same boat as you. Love seeing their lineups get so excited, and then realise all these players are, well, I mean, past the wrong side of thirty now, aren't they? So they're not quite the players we remember. It's not the same as Ralph Alau and Piatel and Mawala we remember from their days in Super Rugby. Nah, but they've got experience. I think the problem they've got is that you can't win a World Cup on certain individuals in a position. You've got to have a, a reasonably strong overall team, and they do lack a wee bit of depth in certain positions. And the spine's really important, the hooker 9-10. Yeah. You don't yeah. have that, and that's kind of where Tonga in particular there. are lacking. 
But you never know. I'm actually, I'm so looking forward to this World Cup. Eh? It's going to be, it's going to be great. I've seen the uh, schedule um, as well. I think it's no mid, uh, no midweek games anymore from memory. Yeah, that's going to be really good. I mean, I'm going to struggle to. It's going to be awkward watch. times for you, though. I'm going to struggle to watch a lot of games live. Um, yeah, same here. They're all kind of on sort of. Well, New Zealand time, they're on at a good time if you didn't have work. Yeah, what are they in New Zealand? Sort of a lot around sort of eight, nine, I think. Which yeah, so I think there's, great. There's a few... I remember France back in 2007, it was there. I took a few days off school to watch some of the games. It's not too bad here. I mean, if I'm willing to get up, you know, three hours earlier than I usually do, then I can watch a game before I go to work, um, which would be quite nice if there's midweeks. But if you're saying it's all weekends, then it's even better. Yeah, I think there might be um, Monday games, but yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be a great spectacle. The All Blacks are going to be, surely they're departing. They'll be almost over in Europe soon, won't they? Oh, I mean, they're playing South Africa this weekend, aren't they? Yeah, so they must be over there already. Well, by the time this comes out, probably already played and we'll know the result. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, But anyway, that's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll do some plenty of of pre-World Cup analysis. Plenty of Tier 2 previews, mate. Any chance oh, to talk Rodrigo yeah. Fernandez, Rodrigo Marta, uh, all the guys. Anyway, on to the uh, main portion of this episode, I suppose. And I've done, quite frankly, what we do best and ripped an idea straight off another podcast, straight off a TikTok trend. So today we're going to do blind ranking things. If you've been okay. on TikTok at any point in the past, however long, you've probably seen it. You get a subject, for example, countries. 10 random ones will come at you one at a time and you have to chuck them into your list 1 to 10 so, but you don't find out the next one until you've placed the one you got given so your list could end up quite <laughs> messed up by the end of it so you could have a number 1 team you might leave your number 1 to your last spot and then be given a Scott Greary or something <laughs> look mate he's not a number 1 but he might be number 4 or oh, number mate, 3 he's number 1 in my eyes <laughs> tell you what stag mate looking good Number one is not the Stags announcement team, as we discussed uh, post-game. They've gone from cheese roll blunders to forgetting the rules, and it's just all mishaps down south at the moment. They always struggle, mate, but they have a a loyal following, a loyal crowd, you know, rain, sun, whatever they call it, sunshine. Slightly less rain, and overcast is about all we got down here. Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah. What else have you got? Maybe a bit of, did you get much sun? Uh, A bit of smog from the uh, boy races down D Street. Last time I was in a Vicario, there was like, I think, five centimetres of sun and everyone was at Aredi Beach immediately. So. Oh, 100%. You don't even need a sun there to go to Aredi Beach. No. Well, you, all you need is 24, off, spates, 24 spates and away you go. Exactly. But anyway, uh, I suppose I could kick off. Uh, the categories we've got, we're going to do one list on teams, one list on players, and then I've got a wee bonus short list at the end for Toby to do, which okay. tell at the end. So. All right. Um. Feel like I can do one for you to start with if you want. Okay, let's do it. Since it's new to you, you want to do teams or players first? Uh, let's go. Let's go teams first, eh? Rightio. Do you want me to record yours as you go, or you? Yeah, well, if you can, otherwise yeah, I can, can do hundred percent. Right, team number one. I'm going to give you All is right. Toulon. Where would you chuck them on your ranking of oh. one to ten? One being the best, ten being the worst. See, like you said before, I want to reserve one because I feel like they'll be better in there. 
So I will do that. But too yeah, long. I kind of, uh, for my at least, I'm going to take in sort of historical, current, you know, all the bits yeah. and bobs like we usually do. I mean, Toulon are obviously a very wealthy club and they've had some incredible names over the past few years and and still now as well, and huge success in certain years as well. And they're, you know, they're always pretty uh, well known and and a top club in France. So I'm going to have to put them at number two. Locking in Toulon second. I am, I mean, and the reason why I say to that, put like them low, isn't it? Because yeah, they are unreal. The quality of side they got. What and I've always said this, and I think we've spoken about this before. I'd love to see a world club comp. Crusaders Toulon, mate, make it happen. Oh, imagine it. Well, we're getting Crusaders Munster next year, aren't we? We are. We are. Although it's probably going to be a Crusaders B team, but that's the problem. You still see. love if you to have, see it. It's got to be a line properly, so it's you know they use the best players. Do you remember uh, we had Racing versus Highlanders in a preseason a couple of years ago? Yeah, I did. Yep. I do recall that. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, two line locked in at two, which is probably, I mean, you'll see soon enough whether it's fair enough or not. Your second team, team we just talked about, actually, Munster. Ooh, pretty good side. Second, probably the second best side. Um, I mean, you know. They're not the, the big dog is, Irish side, are they? Yeah, well, not Linster, are they? Uh, Historically, but they're probably, would maybe arguably push them, but Linster in the Historically, last decade are just... Historically, have they won more? No, they haven't. I think Leinster still won more. But um, in that comp, anyway. Well, the modern version of it. What about, yeah, many yeah, years ago? I think, ago yeah, more. overall, yeah. Leinster are still above. But Munster, definitely back in the days they, of Ronan O'Gara, okay? They are a good side. Um, and you know what? I wouldn't be wouldn't be putting them too far down the list because, you know, they're, they're a top side and they have won before many times. Um, so I'm going to go five. For them. Munster at five. Smack being in the middle. Your third team I'm going to give safe. you. Team close to your heart, mate. The Western Force. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now, hear me out. I know some people are going to be saying, what are you doing? They're going straight to the bottom. No, they're not going straight to the bottom. All right? Because there could easily be a um, man or two. Riddle me. Man or two. Dog and the boys, mate. So, I'm going to put the Western Force at, and funnily enough, I'm going to put them at number seven because that's usually where they end up on the table. So, yeah, um, just out of sight of reach of the playoff spots or just in contention, you know, standard force position, isn't it? It is, it is. All right, chucking a real spanner in the works for you here the All Blacks. Ooh, now I'm Got glad I haven't put them club that, teams. I'm glad I haven't put Toulon at, at, at number one because, of course, the All Blacks, in my opinion, will have to be at number one. So, that's that's where they're going. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue the best team of all time. Doesn't really matter what era you look at, they're probably one of the best. Yeah, I can't argue with that, mate. Uh, number five, back to Europe. The Saracens, so I'm going to England. Saris, okay. The Saris are a top side. Well, they have definitely had some incredible yeah. moments. Um, but up and down in recent years. But yeah, yeah. More um, so for financial reasons than anything else. Absolutely, but that's probably the case of a lot of Premier teams, um, or has been the case of a lot of Premier teams in the UK, unfortunately. Um, but I think when I used to watch a lot of Premier, I used to watch a lot of um, Premiership rugby in England, well, on YouTube, probably 10 years ago when we were still at school. And the Series were always my favourite team. I used to love their side. So oh, Series, I don't know if I ever got on board as a Premiership team, to be honest. French team, Toulouse is my French team. That's about the only European side I 
I'm going to have to go six. Um, now, I'm probably going to be murdered by an Englishman. Oh, you're chucking below Munster, Munster above Saracens. I am probably going to be murdered by an Englishman for saying that, but unfortunately, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I've just got to leave that. F- pointing out for I've the listeners, he has got three and four left as well, so could have quite easily put them in above Munster if he wanted. But uh, I could have. I could have. Here first. Saracens uh, worse than yeah, Munster. Uh, I'm probably going to be crucified by an Englishman for that. That's oh, right. I like it. Go out. Uh, number six. I mean, it's got the name England on their side, but they're actually an American outfit. A big okay. Will Owens' favorite side, actually. Where do we yarn to him about them? The New England Free Jacks. Ah, uh, the Free Jacks. Yeah, yeah. Good side. Well, they Quite just won spot. the MLR with yeah. your man Jason Potros at the helm. Potros was incredible that season. I didn't watch a lot of the games, but... Yeah, I only watched um, like, the odd highlights package. The final t- seemed like a cracker. Potros is underrated, man, for Taranaki as well. And I reckon he, he's not far off getting a super contract, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, he's, still, anyway. he's probably going to go down in the same bracket as Robbie Malnique, of a player who should have played some super rugby at some point. Well, he might he might very well get a, do a Delaney, you know, and get a wee stint at one of the clubs later in his career. Who knows? Um, yeah, the Landers will take him in as an emergency Oh, cover. they actually would. I actually reckon they would as well. Um, obviously, he's probably more like Chiefs or Hurricanes region, but I think he, any, he'd he take any offer, I reckon. But anyway, Free Jacks, they're a good side, but obviously they're still in the American League, which isn't a top league, but it is an exciting league. I'm going to go number saying, Yeah, you got eight left, so lock them in there. The New England Free Jacks at eight, just below the force. Right, your next team up. Bear in mind, I'll just reveal the places you got left. You got three, four, nine, and ten left. Your seventh okay. team I'm giving you is the Crusaders. Okay, okay. Well, they are going to have to go three. I I believe they probably should be above Toulon, and I think that's probably a wee bit of a Kiwi bias. Obviously, some people in France would disagree with me, but... I've got no other option, so I'm going to have to put them at number three. Yeah, I mean, it's fair cool. You could, it's not atrocious having them below Toulon. Like you said, you'd nah, probably have them above, but it's like, not atrocious. Most, yeah, I think every Kiwi would disagree with that, but there's probably an argument to be made, so, you know. Uh, and then their number eight, Sam, I'm giving you. Crusaders' southern rivals, mate, the Highlanders. Well, you see. Well, you got four, nine, and ten left. I can't imagine they're going up the higher end. I've got four, nine, and ten. Uh, now, I think if I, was, if I had some of the slots available just to keep me in the high spots, I'd put them four. But I don't think I can risk it because, of course, there's not many spots left. So I'm going to yeah, have I mean, to give if them you nine. Put the Highlanders above the Saracens and Munster. I'm going to have to give them nine. It's a bit harsh because the Force are above them, but you yeah, know the what? They've been playing the Free Jacks above them, but <laughs> they've been playing crap recently, so they may deserve it. Who knows? Yeah, that's what you get for a poor season. You go below the Free Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Are your ninth team out, mate? Team close to my heart. Another international side, the Pumas. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to risk this one. I know. I'm going to have to put them number four. I think because they're an international side. Um, you can't you know, really put them number ten. I can't put them number ten. So I'm going to have to risk it and hope this last team is someone <laughs> dire like Manawatu or uh, I don't know, someone crap like that. Tell so. You what. <laughs> Let's just read out your list so far, because if you've got one to nine done, you've left yourself with the tenth spot. You got All Blacks, Toulon, Crusaders, Argentina, Munster, Saracens, Western Force, Free Jacks, Highlanders. And I must say, I think that's not bad. 
that's pretty good. I mean, Aside it depends on the slot. Free Jack swapping with the Highlanders. I don't think there's too much you can argue with there. And Crusaders probably swapped too long, but yeah. Well, I reckon some Highlanders fans would probably agree with it, considering how the last season went. But... <laughs> it's not bad. But uh, you've shot yourself in the foot, mate, because number 10, according to your list, is probably one of the GOAT sides of all time. <laughs> the Southland Stags. Oh, no. <laughs> So the funny thing is, like, they probably do deserve 10. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. That you couldn't have them anywhere else. But I wouldn't want to put them in 10, and I'm going to get um, crucified for doing so. But they had no I choice. Like, they had no Invercargill choice. born and bred, and you've chucked the stags into number 10. I've what had, is this? I've had no choice, I'm afraid. I've had no choice. But as far as a, a ranking goes, that's not bad, is it? Yeah, I'll just read it out one last time. Toby's uh, ranking officially is All Blacks, Toulon, Crusaders, Argentina, Munster, Saracens, Force, Free Jacks, Highlanders, and Stags. Which I think you've done well. I mean, if you post this on your page, make sure you put the uh, disclaimer that... Uh, no, no chance, I didn't mate. have a choice. <laughs> Don't have put a any choice. context behind it, just post no, the you, list. No, you bastard. Everyone in the South and Otago is going to think I'm an absolute wanker anyway. Uh, I probably won't post the list on the page. I'll probably just post some of the teams and then leave it to be revealed so people who are listening can always play along as well because I'd be keen to see where they got these teams. Probably should have said yeah. that before I started reading the list, but... If you played along, definitely let us know what you ended up with. Absolutely. All right, mate, what do you want to do? You want to do players or teams? Maybe we'll switch it up and do players this one. All right, let's do it. Now, I've got a mixture of of retired players and current, but they're all mostly modern players. There's not really any old players in there. Radio, I'll just whip myself up a wee uh, list. Everyone should be reasonably familiar with uh, most of these names. Some of them are a bit niche, but... um, Everyone's so, at least yeah, I'm going to be more. largely basing it, again, probably historically, largely looking maybe the prime for some of your retired players, but just going off vibes, really, aren't we? Absolutely, mate. That's how we do things here. Number one. Uh, who would you like to, yeah, where would you like to put this player? Patrick Lambie. Ooh, Pat Lambie. Springboks number 10. See, if we're going slowly into... No matter where we're going, he's pretty high up there. He was a hell of a player, wasn't he? Retired now, of course. But he yeah. was a great player. Retired too early, in my opinion. But he had an injury, Oh, yeah. Injuries kind of forced that. But he had some great moments. I mean, class for the Sharks. I think he had that uh, match-winning penalty for the Springboks one year. 50 metres out, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Probably more uh, than that, actually. Lambie. I'm probably going to have to chuck him... See, I don't know what you've kidding me. That's the whole point of this, isn't well, it? You don't I think know. I'm going to slot Pat Lambie at four. I'm going to go four for Pat Lambie. Four for Pat Lambie. All right, yeah. am I recording this? Ah, I've got it down. Oh, so sweet. Okay. And now, well, if it's you not bad. It's not bad. Solely international class players. I'm going to look like a bit of a dick, but I'm thinking Pat Lambie's four will do all right. Yeah, four is pretty safe, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chuck him in that mid range. Number two, Dan Hollinshead. Oh, Dan Hollinshead. Now, NPC number from 10, the past. classic number 10 from the NPC, did get a contract very briefly with the Highlanders as injury cover. Yeah, Don't I believe think he, he might be a one-cap lander. Did he get one cap? Yeah, okay. Might have been a preseason, um, but I'm sure I've seen a photo of him pulling on the lander's jersey. Now, he was Bay of Plenty, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. 10. Yeah, so good player, I thought, in his day, but you know, nothing much more than a number 10 from the NPC, of course. So, yeah, good NPC 10, you're right. Is a good NPC 10 enough to feature anywhere but 10th in the list? Well, who knows? Who knows um, what's coming? Oh, 
I'm going to have to probably put him at 10. <laughs> I know you're going to yeah. have some n- more niche names in here. But, oh, you never know. But you uh, never know. The players you love, I'm just thinking you're Dan Hawkins and the et cetera of the world. I don't mind if they go above Dan Hollinshead. So. Sorry, Dan, if you're listening. Number three, Scott Higginbotham. Oh, I do love me some Scotty Higginbotham. I must say, one of my favourite ever Wallaby forwards. Well, one of my favourite ever Wallabies, full stop. Higginbotham. Can I put him above Lambie is the question. I think not. You got Lambie just, at I'm four. going to check Higginbotham at five. Higginbotham at five. Okay, I'm just going to record it as well because, of course, I'm going to read it out at the end. Oh, yeah, valid um, point. Um, so... Higginbotham at five. That's probably not bad. I mean, let's be honest. Four and five in this game are the safe. Yeah, safe the off. safe bets. I feel like, oh, depending on how it goes, I'm not opposed, I wouldn't be opposed to those two being slightly higher because they're both quality, but we'll see what you throw me. All right. The next player is Sam Kane, All Blacks captain. Ooh, Sam Kane. A player who gets a lot of stick. I think probably slightly undeserved stick because he is a very good player. I think you're going to have some worldies in here, though. But I can't bring myself to put him lower than Higginbotham, so I'm going to have to slot him in at three, just for that reason alone. Sam Kane is slotting in the bronze medallion spot. Three. Okay, fair enough. Which I'm not disappointed so far, but I know you're going to chuck something at me. That's a valid point. I mean, you can't really argue with three for Sam Kane, can you? Uh, problem is, if you get someone who's better, you might have a problem. I mean, at the moment, I can't. But if you chuck me like a Dan Carter, or a Richie McCaw, or a, you know, Johnny yeah, Wilkinson. You're going to struggle there, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I have given you, in fact, an Englishman. Owen Farrell. Ooh. I, I might just... I'm going to end up with no spots left at the top, am I? This is getting ridiculous. Is Owen Farrell better than Scott Higginbottom? He probably is, isn't he? And again, a player who gets a lot of stick. I've got to put him at two. I can't put him below Scott Higginbottom. Owen Farrell at number two. You heard it first here, Englishman. <laughs> Owen Farrell is above Sam Kane. Now, some people probably agree with that. Fair enough. I, I, uh, I don't hate myself for that one as much as I shouldn't say that too loudly. But just to clarify, we've got number one is still available. Number six, seven, eight, and nine. So you got those middle spots are all gone, mate. You got six. Yeah, points. I can't be safe anymore. Next player, Ruben Love. Okay, okay. Well, surprise, surprise. He's not going to go one. Player full of potential. If he hits that potential, maybe he could be right up there. But now I'm probably going to stick him. I'm trying to think if you've done at least one or two more real niche battlers. I'm going to put him at seven. No, seven. actually, like, I'm dropping him. He's going eight. He's going eight. Ruben Love is Ruben going Love at eight. eight. Good player. Yeah, good player. I'm just worried about what you're going to throw at me. So Ruben Love's eight. So Still what we got so far? Guy. Number one, empty. Number two, Owen Farrell. Three, Sam Kane. Four, Patrick Lambie. Five, Scott Higginbotham. Six, seven, empty. Eight for Ruben Love. Nine, empty. And ten is Dan Hollinshead. So the next player you've got to choose is Tig Furlong. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's where I would have loved one of these high high spots that aren't quite one because he he can't go one. Well, actually, I lie. If the list was just like this, I could put Furlong above Owen Farrell and be happy. But I'm still worried you're going to chuck out like one of the goats, and I don't want to leave them low. So I'm going to have to put Furlong at six. 
Tyg Furlong is going at number six. Yeah, again, so you like got... you, if I had my time back, he's probably up there at two or three, but <laughs> I do not. So you've got you've got three spots left, one, seven, and nine. So you're going to hope that there's not three uh, so it's not too bad of a mix. If I can just get you know, one good, one average, and one bad, we're all right. Probably not going to be the case. Next though, player is Manitz Boshoff. Oh, Manitz. See, I'm glad I've left that seven slot open because... He's a favourite of ours, but ultimately he's not going any higher than lower mid-table, is he? So Boshoff at seven. Manitz Boshoff is going at seven. If it was a team purely on goal-kicking ability, he's right up there, probably number one. Although Furlong, you know, I'm sure he could strike a ball. So, just to clarify, at the moment we've got number one is still empty. Number two, Owen Farrell. Three, Sam Kane. Four, Patrick Lambie. Five, Scott Higginbotham. Six, Tyg Furlong. Seven, Manitz Boshoff. Eight, Ruben Love. Nine is empty and ten is down the hall. That's a, that's a really good list so far in terms of ranking of quality. It's Irish not bad. Would be, Irish people would be quite upset with you, I think, with Tyg Furlong being number yeah, six. Yeah, Furlong but, could slip up a bit, switch up a bit higher. But other than that, I'm all right. But I've got a low and a high Josh Beckuis. Well, sorry, Beckuis. Stag's legend. Highlander's legend. Great player. But I can't put him number one in this list of the quality we've got here. So he's going to have to go in at nine. Beckuis, the low love is potentially harsh. He's probably in and around that area. I'd probably maybe just for his longevity and stuff... An ideal world slot him above love. So you've got number one spot is the only spot left. You got Owen Farrell, Sam Kane, Patrick Lambie, Scott Higginbotham, Tyg Furlong, Marnitz Boshoff, Ruben Love, Josh Beckuis, Dan Holland said. Now that is actually other than maybe Josh Beckuis should be a little bit higher, Tyg Furlong should be a little bit higher. That's not a bad ranking. It's a pretty fair ranking. And people would some people would agree with that. Um or, or at least, you know, go, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Now you're just going to quickly cross out your player you got in mind, chucking like C. Heffler or something. But that is where it ends, my friend. Yeah, the GOAT, the greatest player of all time, mate. Officially hit me with him. I know who he is. Number one out of all those lovely players. Some of them are world legends, of course. But in this case, on your list, number one, Liam Coob's Fabling. Oh, Liam, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, Liam Coob's Fabling is the GOAT. <laughs> So you kind of, oh. I think the problem that you had, of course, is that you didn't leave yourself any middle spot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You take the really because so you, you don't want to offend. Because you would have got away with it if you had like five or six left. You could have put Liam in there, and it'd be like, it's not too bad. But the problem is, you've now got him number one. So oh, if I had just, you know, chucked Tard Furlong at one, then I might have been all right. So I'd bit so the bullet and sort of you don't there. have a particularly well rate, uh, ranked side now. You did before, but that number one number one spot. I mean, he'd probably be number I seven mean, or eight. Some so. would argue that uh, I've got a better looking lineup now. A guy uh, who, you know, he's just one of those players. He's still playing, still young, but you know, he's one of those players who's just going to go down as a he's a battler. You know who he's a battler. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of oh, what was his name? The um. He played for the Highlanders, but he played for the for Canterbury as well, the fullback on the wing wing. He's super fast. Josh uh Mackay. Mackay, yeah. He was a great player, but he never quite got to that next level. And so he ended up yeah. in Scotland, tilted up over there. But that's what he's gonna do, I think. Yeah, it um, just doesn't look like he'll quite cut the mustard, but looks great for Waikato NBC. 
Oh, absolutely. And he's a winger who um, is hid there a lot of the time too. So, you know, you're exactly Lockie Munro right. mould, so you know they're good. So, yeah, that was, a, that was interesting. Yeah, I think we've learned a harsh lesson with that middle, those middle positions, but I'm probably going to pay the price now as well. So I'll tell you what, I think out of the two so far, yours is probably the more accurate one. Well, now it's my turn, so let's, let's yeah, do it. Your turn on the players. Right, I'll record them for you. Uh, your first player up, player close to both our hearts, actually played for both our, shall I say, kind of second teams. The Force and the Cheetahs, C.S. Everson. Oh, C.S. Everson, great number 10. Scored, like, I think period, number 2014, 2013 period for the Western Force. He was pretty good, to be honest. He was a um, solid player for the Cheetahs, too. Poor yeah, Johan Gerson coming and was clearly the better option, but Everson was class. Now, I have learned a little bit of a lesson here. I'm not going to put him too far in the middle because I need to leave some of those spots available, so I'm going to put him at number 7. Everson at number 7, trying to... Let's see if that pays off for you. Number two, Jason Eden. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the problem here is that I can't... I need to retain some of these key spots, you know what I'm saying? If it's on mullets or facial hair, he's number one, and there's not many that would push him for that. Maybe Chabelle, well, but... Exactly. He's exactly number one for that. Um, but the problem that I've got is that it's not. So I'm going to have to put him somewhere. Um, number six. Number six. A guy who had a fairly decent career in the black jersey. And you put him in six. Got to be careful with the spots above, mate. I've learnt my lesson. Number three, yeah, mate. How many games? Did he, he would have played, what, 20 games to the Bull Blacks? Oh, oh, yeah, my guess would probably be... At 20 to 30, Mark, but let's see what Google says because I don't know. Jason, not Jason Earls. I don't know who you are, mate. Jason Eden. It's a cracker of a picture on his Wikipedia, though. 40 years of age, Jason Eden. He won himself 15 caps. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, it could be a little bit high, but for now, that's okay. You'll see what comes up next. I mean, Bikios is a Southland legend. I've gone for a guy who's. Arguably even more of a Southland legend. Whopper. Jamie McIntosh. Oh, goodness gracious. One cap for the All Blacks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we can't really put him much higher than Jason Eaton. But um, what I can do is... Well, the problem the problem I've got now, of course, is I'm going to I'm have to put him below C.S. Eberson. And I don't want to have to do that, but I'm going to have to. Um, he's, he's probably... He is the better player overall in terms of experience and what he's achieved and you know he's got a cap for the All Blacks I don't know if CS ever got a cap for the Springboks so, no he um, certainly did not so it's a bit of a shame but I'm going to have to put him at number 8 fair enough it's not looking too bad so far number 4 be interested to see where you're going to put this guy Thierry Doucetois one of the best players of his generation uh, World Rugby Player of the Year 2011 um yeah, I'm going to have to put him at number two. And do Satoir at two. There's not going to be too many that will uh, argue that. Hoping there's no. a big one left for number one. Oh, I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a shit show like last time. <laughs> number five, Mike Cat. Ooh, Mike Cat. Who's arguably one of his more famous moments is getting steamrolled by Jonah Lomu, but wasn't a bad player. Won a hell not of a, a lot of caps bag. for England and the Lions. 
not a bad player at all. Um, I think he was South African, wasn't he, originally? And yeah, I think that England. sounds right. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, he he would have played a lot of games over in England um, in the Premiership, so that, that's already a bonus, and he's played a lot for, for yeah, England. Yeah, just having a wee so, look up. 75 for England, one test cap for the Lions, but went on two Lions tours. Yeah, so that's, you know, to get selected for two Lions tours, that's you got to be pretty good. So I'm going to have to go for number four. Number four for Mike Cat. Mm. I must say, a player who I was not a fan of on Rugby 08 because for whatever reason, in the default England squad, you got Mike Cat and Toby Flood starting when Wilkinson on the bench. And Mike gets your default goal kicker. Just something I wasn't a fan of, but that Mike Cat Matthew Tate combination in the midfield with Quato and Lucy on the wings, it's just something to behold. Rugby anyway, Challenge, uh, the first Rugby Challenge has some interesting lineups as well, eh? Oh, 100%. Some of those default lineups on the game are interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, number six, guy we already talked about earlier, actually, Scott Gregory. Oh, Scotty G. Um, current player. Now look, current stag, even. Current stag, current lander. Um, no, now he... So you've got one, three, five, nine, and ten remaining. Now, look, he tries his best. He probably had a couple of really good seasons, I thought, with the Highlanders, but um, he's a battler. He is a battler. So I am going no, to I feel like he'd be the first to admit that. I am going to have to put him at nine. Scott Gregory at nine. I don't think he would be too upset with being below Jamie McIntosh and Jason Eden and the likes. Man, I can't put him above Jamie McIntosh. That's not allowed. Well, That's if you put allowed. him anywhere, you'd be you have be having him in five, sort of on par with a seventy-five capped English international, which is that's not, probably that's not fair to say not quite accurate. That's not Gregory Slotson at nine. <laughs> no, that's not uh, right. yes, number seven, Flair. Remind you've got. Position 1, 3, 5, and 10 left. Seventh player is Glenn Dixon. Oh, goodness. Here's <laughs> a throwback for you. Glenn Dixon. Oh, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, mate, he um, was a tall bit of timber. Some uh, limbs on him that stretched on for miles, and he used him to kick goals pretty well, but not too much else. Uh, I think it's going to have to be number 10, mate. What's <laughs> Mate, Glenn Dixon's a realistic prospect to come on this one day, and you've put him at number 10. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to. I mean, yes, he's a you know former Targo player, but the problem that I've got is that he's not he's nowhere near better than anyone else on this list. So. <laughs> he also never played Super Rugby. and Yeah. Will he be the only yes, the player problem... on this list that never played Super Rugby, though? Well, that's the thing. I'm probably going to get stitched up here, aren't I? With the fact you've left one, three, and five left, you'd probably hope so. Oh, God. Number your eighth player, Rocket Rod Davies. Oh no, I'm going to get stitched here because the problem I've got is I'm going to have to put him at five. And then I've got one and three left. What's wrong with a bit of Rocket Rod, mate? the Blues, mate. There's nothing wrong with Rocket gets. Rod. He lasted what two years, and then he was crap. So nah, he was really, really good in 2011. Particularly, I think he Red. played like one test, didn't he, against Samoa and. Yeah, had to mark yeah. Alessandro Tulangi. No, he was actually really good in 2011. Oh, he was rapid. He was very injury prone. Was, but... Mate, he's Rocket Rod Davies for goodness, for goodness sakes. Like, that's his name. But 
He's not that good. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I've got no choice but to put him at five. Right. This is going to end badly. Just going to riddle your list so far. One, blank. Two is Terry Dusatois. Three is blank. Four, Mike Cat. Five, Rod Davies. Six, Jason Eden. Seven, C.S. Eberson. Eight, Jamie McIntosh. Nine, Scott Gregory. Ten, Glenn Dixon. So one and three. Your first option for one of those spots is Jonah Lomu. Oh, thank God I've got number one. Goodness yeah, gracious. Jonah Lomu at number one. I'm going to have to. I've got I don't no know choice. how you've left that open and you've, you've fluked that one. I've done well here. Yeah, I've done well. I mean, not much needs to be said about Jonah Lomu. Arguably the greatest player of all time. Well, it's just great because that means I can just slot him into number one and there's no, there's no questions asked. Yeah, and every real stitch up now would be if I chucked you McCall or Carter or Wilkinson or O'Driscoll, maybe. Yeah, but that is true, which you could do. I haven't quite chucked you one of them, but I have chucked you a favourite of yours who probably is in that category, John Eels. Oh, he should John, be. John Eels in at number three, and once again, you've you've got lucky. I was hoping you'd that's take those really... spots early, and I've chucked some good ones at the end. But that's a really good lineup. Actually, I'm happy, very happy with that. Um, oh, John, really John Eels took those spots already. John Eels should be number two, I think, but um, probably one of the best, if not the best, Australian of all time. But um, yeah. I think uh, that's a pretty good lineup. Who, who do they have at number two again? I'll read you through this. You got Jonah Lomu, Thierry Dusatois, John Eels, Mike Cat, Rocket Rod Davies, Jason Eden, Cece Ebison, Whopper McIntosh, Scott Gregory, and Glenn Dixon. Tell you what, that's not bad. There's not that's... many changes you'd make there. You'd, pro- you'd I mean, probably put Whopper above Ebison. I'm probably putting Dusatois three and Eels two, but other than that. Again, be... you've got two from two that aren't bad at all. I think you could got... put these up without the context, and yeah, people oh, would believe the... if you just made a list. There'd be a first one. The suspicions. first one I might get. Yeah, the first one I might get smoked by some Southlanders. But other than that, I, some uh... Free Jacks fans would be on you. They'd love you. They'd love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I've got another one. The last one for you until you give me my bonus round. But the, this one here for you is teams. Oh well, my players didn't go all that well, so hopefully teams goes better. We'll learn to try keep some of those middle spots open. So I've got some interesting selections here for you, mate. Number one, Namibia, one of your favourites. Oh, Namibia! Well, they can't be high. I tell you that much. There's not that many teams on the planet that you'd put below Namibia. Unless you've gone real niche and chucked me like a Tanzania or something. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping you haven't done that. What, I'm trying to think of even I'd possibly even put an NPC side above them. Uh, yeah, Namibia, I'm sorry. You're going you're gonna to have to go 10. Namibia at number 10. Namibia start. of this day and age, a bit higher. They're not bad nowadays. They got some good players. Nah, I think there's is, a mate. chance they'll win a game. But that's historically, Namibia ten, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> yeah, they lost a World Cup game by about 140 points. So. All right, fair enough. Next team, Australia A. Oh, Australia A. See, it's just a. They're not great, but they've got still some, I, the, the, well, the reason I put Australia A is because I actually think that the current selections aren't far off the Wallabies themselves. That's valid. I mean, I could, you've probably chucked me Australia as well just to see if I'm going to do that. I, I'm reading into you. I think I'm going to chuck Australia A at six. 
Australia. I know I just said I'm leaving these uh, middle spots free, and I haven't done that, but. Australia A is going to come in at number six. All right. Number three, Taranaki. Oh, tell you what, don't know if you knew this, but they're my, outside of Highlanders region, they're my NPC side. They are um, consistent, much better than the Stags, may I point out, um, and just generally quite good, aren't they? The large reason I liked them was when I was a young buck, must have been about 2011, you know, what was it, year 10? Year, year 9 even. Tune into some NPC and some young lad by the name of Bowden Barrett, strapping oh, young twenty odd year old. I was like, this guy looks pretty good. He's a handy goal kicker, runs the ball quite well. Looks what like he weighs about sixty kegs, dripping wet. I'm like, I'm a fan of this guy, so I'm going to follow Naki from now. So you just said it was a good goal kicker. Who are you watching? Yeah, oh, believe it or not, he slotted nine from nine in the game back in the day. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's like he, nah, he had a kick he and was. he lost his ability. He was good. He was good. No, that's fair enough. Where are you putting them? Um, whatever. Taranaki. Uh, they can't go above Australia. Right? I'll tell you that right now. Probably not too far above Namibia. I'm going to chuck them H because I feel like you've chucked another spanner in here. So Taranaki at eight. Taranaki at eight. Tell you what, Australia A versus Taranaki. What's the score? Is it Taranaki with the All Blacks and Co playing? Yeah, they're, they're top side with all black. Oh, available. that'd be a close game. You got the Barretts running them up. You got Tupavati. It's a good side. Yeah, Australia A probably take it, but not by much. Could, they could give them a run. Yeah, like it's not far off. I don't reckon some of those NPC type sides. If if all all blacks are available, Tasman, particularly Tasman, would be pretty good. And Canterbury, obviously. Yeah, um, there'd be some stack sides and. Southland and Otago would be the exact same they are now. There'd be no difference. Actually, no, Southland would get, they'd get to group back. Otago yeah, would yeah. get no one. But they'd get, dang, Otago would get no one. Men or two with Aaron Smith. Um, wouldn't make much difference, though. I mean, Number four. Smith has to run them in the heart. I don't even know who the Turbo's chin is this year. Is it Brett Cowan still? Oh, if it is, that wouldn't be a bad partnership. Um, it's not Jade Teruri, Teruri but back in the day. Number four, the Springboks. See, they're high. Are they number one? There's only really one team I'd put above them, and that's the All Blacks. And I don't think you've gone the All Blacks, so I'm happy to put the box at one. Springboks at number one. But cool. Could easily be All Blacks. If the All Blacks are in, I'll be a bit disappointed. I'll take my chances. I mean, it's fair because the thing is, the Springboks would most people would say the Springboks are the second best team of all time, right? Yeah, you'd have to think so. Like uh, England, England have only won one good. World Cup. The Spring, the Springboks have won you know three World Cups. So I mean, you could make a case if you put the British and Irish Lions in here, maybe. But yeah, it's a good the box are beating them on tours. So I think most people would have the box ahead of them. Anyway, number five, Russia. Oh, okay. Sorry, Namibia. <laughs> you're putting. You're gonna have to put Russia above Namibia. Yeah, That's sad. Russia's gonna have to go nine. Russia is coming in at number nine. Oh, Russia absolutely die. Other than um, Ramil Geising and uh, Gudziev, the flanker, there's there's not much to write home about. And even t- no. those two aren't that great players. One's just a tackling machine, and one loves a midfield bomb. So number six. The Stormers. Ooh, to the Stormers slotting above Australia, eh? Peak Stormers were good, you know. 
I'm going to have to put them at five. I, I I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that. But they'd beat Australia, eh, mate? They would. On a good day. <laughs> yeah, home. on a good day. And I just I don't want to. If I put them at seven, and that whole bottom half is full yet again, and I've made another rookie error here, and then I'll be left for the top three or four to be some stitch ups, no doubt. Now this next one could get you in trouble, mate, with our friend Will Wales. Oh, is there an eleven? <laughs> That's what he'd say. Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> uh, Wales, they can go four. You're putting Wales ahead of Australia, eh, mate? Yep, I am. I, I can't have Wales below the think, storms. I actually think this, that Wales would knock off Australia, eh? Despite I what? I think they probably would. It would be a tight affair, but. Yeah, okay. I'll take Wales so, there. I mean, Wales are right now, maybe not. So you've got Springboks, number one, which is probably fair. Number two, empty. Number three, empty. Then you've got Wales, Stormers, Australia A, number seven, empty. Taranaki, Russia, and Namibia. So you've got number two, number three, number seven. A lot of high numbers here. Yeah, two I took high numbers. a big game and said I'm leaving some middle spots. I've not done that in the slightest. You've not done that, mate. No, you haven't. And it could hurt you because the next selection is Manawatu. Oh, for Christ's sake. I, I, see, I knew the Turbos would be in here after you talk about them. Realistically, they're below Taranaki. Probably not below Russia. Probably below Namibia, though. So realistically, they're nine, but I have to put them at seven. Tell you what, some Taranaki people are going to be particularly angry at you, mate. For I'm particularly Manawatu. angry at myself. When Man was the last time the Naki beat Manawatu? Oh, Mate, when was the other way around, I should say. When was the last time Manawatu beat anyone for that matter? That's exactly right. I was going to say that. Um, so you've left yourself with number two and number three, which could come back to haunt you. I mean, it worked well for you. I can't imagine it's going to be the same this time around. Melbourne Rebels. Oh, Melbourne Rebels. <laughs> I should have I should have known you're not going to put all international sides. Well, the Rebels aren't two by any stretch of the imagination. The Rebels can be three. And you know what? Rebels would give Wales a game right now. So I stand by would. it. Yeah, they probably would. I stand by it. And the Rebels are pretty much is Australia, right? Anyway, the way they've been selecting. So there you go. Well, I don't think you've done too badly here because the last team... I've got for you is the Harlequins. Tell you what, if you'd given me an option to put them wherever, they're probably not taking two, but they're taking one of those top few spots, aren't they? Yeah. I don't reckon you've done too badly here. I'll, I'll read it out. Number one, Springboks. Number two, Harlequins. Three, Rebels. That's probably a bit contentious. Four, Wales. Five, Stormers. Six, Australia A. Seven, Manawatu. Eight, Taranaki. That's definitely contentious. Nine Russia and ten Namibia. Not that bad, considering. It's not horrific. The there's a couple one place swaps. I mean, Russia and Namibia probably swap. Manawatu and Nehi probably swap. Namibia arguably above Manawatu. Stormers maybe, I think you'd maybe pro- not. You probably swap Rebel. You probably Rebels swap- and Stormers maybe, and then Nah, but based oh, on no, the, hi- nah. the history of Wales, probably puts them at three, man. Yeah, Wales are probably Ooh, history of Wales probably even puts them at two. You'd argue. Yeah, it probably does, to be honest. Like, they've done pretty well in, in past games, past World Cups. 
But hey, at um, least I put the box at one and stuck true with that. Yeah, see, I didn't think you were going to. I thought you were going to leave that number one spot open uh, again. I was going to, but I was like, the only team I'd put above them is honestly the All Blacks. And I was like, I've put the All Blacks. Yeah. Surely we both not put the All Blacks. Your logic was pretty much spot on. And you know what? Even if you had the All Blacks at number two, it wouldn't be that bad. We all yeah, think the All Blacks are number one. But they're, both, they're both won three World Cups, haven't they? So and the box has been to one, well, two less World Cups even. Exactly. So you, you could almost make an argument. But anyway, that's it's pretty good. probably not as bad as my uh, players list, but I think it's fair to say you have done better of the two of us. Well, blind you know, it's luck though, isn't it? It's skill. Oh, no, it's not much skill really. It's just sort of tactical placement. You know what I mean? I mean, I talk a big game and then leave all my uh, little spots not open. But you get that. Yeah. Anyway, I got a uh, wee surprise one to end it off. Not a 10, just a wee, I believe I did seven picks. Okay. Just double check that for you. Um, yep, I have done seven. And now this one is podcast guests, mate. Oh, okay. That we've had on our pod. We've had, I think, maybe 15 or so. Um, I like not it. necessarily ranking the person. Not going to make you do that. Ranking how you thought the episode sort of went down, general vibe we got along with them. Yep. You can be thrown yep. under the bus because you're the one rating them, mate. This is not First great, one I'm going to uh... give you is... I'm going to give you Josh Reeves. I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I mean, it was just something that I haven't heard before, and it was just such a unique story. And I think I speak on behalf of everyone who listened to that episode. Like, it's not... You probably wouldn't find that sort of episode in most podcasts, would you? Yeah, I, I mean, think if you haven't listened to that one... Go listen to at least the first half of it. We were yarn about his sort of backstory. The second half was yeah. when we looked into the Maori All Blacks Brazil game, which is a good listen too. But that first half in particular, was oh, but like even insightful. just story, even just the story of a Kiwi who has ended up playing in Brazil that was a great story in my in my opinion. And it was just one of those episodes where um, we didn't have to say much, which was yeah, exactly a great episode. You know, I think uh, one to seven was it. So I'm going to yeah. go number four. Number Starting four for Josh Reeves. I'm gonna I'm gonna upset someone here, aren't I? You've stitched me up, mate. You've right. absolutely stitched me up. Uh, we'll just put a wee side note out that we've loved all the guests. All the guests have been great, and we love that they've taken their time out. Yeah, oh, but Toby's gonna be harsh, and he's gonna dog on some of you well, right now. Yeah, you've given me no option. I don't think any of the episodes were bad. They've all been great, but I'm having to choose. So don't blame me. Uh, next up, going back to the roots, mate. First ever guest episode, I believe, Lockie Munro. Oh, this was this is a classic. I'd love to get him back on again, actually. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to. Now he's retired. Um, I'm sure he'd be keen. Yeah, it was probably before we sort of upgraded our setup a little bit with audio, but it was still pretty good. And I, yeah, considering he was over in France, it was decent connection, and he took the time out of his day to do that. And, of course... Gave us some incredible stories of his time in both Super Rugby and like across Again, multiple. It's the story of his debut was something oh. special. <laughs> Probably the best debut story, no doubt about it. Won't that. spoil it, but if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that episode. And also the fact we made him rewatch the episode where he got skinned by Rod Davies on three occasions and went off injured <laughs> at halftime. Thinking of Rocket Rod Davies, yeah, exactly right. Um, I also I'm got a, go a big with... palm in the face by Quade Cooper and we made him relive that too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we really. I don't know why he decided to join us, knowing that was the case. Yeah, we sort of stitched him up there, didn't we? But it was, uh, he got a lead, you know what, he played along, it was good. Yeah, he was, was good. great value. Plus, I learned that there's multiple levels of French rugby. Exactly, yeah. It was... um, 
Number two. That was a great episode. Two for Lockie. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. It's one of my faves. Uh, next one up I have for you is Will Owen. Oh, he's always good. I mean, so, he's a uh, not always popular... players we've got in here, but he's always good. Will Owen is uh, makes great content on YouTube, of course, um, alongside his brother. But the thing is, um, not a player. So I'm going to have to put someone at the bottom, am I? Um, now I don't think he's at the bottom. No one's at the bottom. Like I said, all the episodes have been absolutely great. But someone's going to have to go down there, and it's going to be him. Number so Will at number seven. seven. Next up for you, mate, I have Ben Castle. Great episode, great guy. Obviously, you can hear him on Sky TV. I, I think he's still commentating some of the NPC games. Isn't yeah, you hear him. Hear his lovely tones once in a while, don't you? Yeah, he's good actually. He got some good banter. Um, really good banter actually. His time, his his times playing. As I know, we are. His- Behind the scenes here is some of the audio cut out for that episode, which we managed to exactly. recover. But he flicked yeah. us a message and said, "Down to re-record the whole thing if you guys want." Yeah, just uh, lovely guy. We, we've had a little bit of an issue with recording. It's not anyone's fault, like with some of the guests, and it's. I think it's just because you know the platform that we use requires quite high bandwidth, like in terms of internet connection. So it's sometimes not everyone has a is in a place where it's got good Wi-Fi. So it's been a struggle at sometimes, but. Fair play to him. You're absolutely right. He was he was game to, to redo it if we needed to. But I reckon he had some of the best off-the-field stories. Yeah, his uh, Sunny Bill story was unreal. Yeah. I'm going to go for number five. Have I got five? What have I got left? Um, I believe you do. Give me one sec. Yep, you've got one, three, five, and six left. So we can slot him at number five. Slot him at number five. Uh, next up for you, mate, I have our mate Max from the Black Jersey. Oh, you can't look past Max. He puts out some great content. And he's all, you know what I like about Max is that he's always one of the first person, people to post any news, like rapid, very rapid. Yeah, he's very onto it, isn't he? Can't um, imagine he gets much sleep with some of the uh, content he's putting out. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I can't imagine Max gets a heck of a lot of sleep with some of the content he's producing, particularly at the moment, covering seemingly every game. Oh, he, he he's a machine. He absolutely spits content out. On our podcast, he's been he's so insightful, so I'm going to put him at number three. Fair enough, Max, from the black jersey. I mean, he's been on three times, so hat trick, put him at three. Two spots there left, mate. You've got number one and number six to, to go. I am going to okay. chuck at you, Scott Waldrum. Oh, I reckon this is going to, have to be number one. He was so good. The stories off the field were were next level. Like no, no holding back at all. Um, probably my favorite episode. I'm going to go number yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say if you ask me my favorite, it's. I mean, I've got a soft spot for Josh Reeves for the uniqueness, Lockie Munro for the first guest, Tan Scotzer because he's yes, a favorite of mine. But yeah. Scott Waldrum's probably. Probably our best episode, I'd say, in terms of the stories, yeah. in terms of the character. And I have no doubt in mind if I reach out to him, he'd be keen to jump on again. Probably our best performing episode, isn't it? Oh, I'll tell you what, it's probably one of our better guests ones, I imagine. Looking at the actual stats, our top episode is actually Phil Burley. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, that was a great episode as well. There's you a know lot what our third there. one is, though? David Basin. 
And then Matt Mustin's <laughs> right up there too. So some of these real battlers are racing yeah, well, good the, numbers. That's, that's the thing. You're known for the battlers, mate. That's the thing. We're known for the battlers, so we attract the audience accordingly. Right, what have we got? What's the last uh, one? You have spot number six left. For a guest that I feel like you may have forgot we had it even had on, the legend of Marty Banks, mate, Alex Malcolm. Uh, no, I didn't forget, but out of all the ones we have done, they actually, I, I do forget how many we've done. That's definitely true. Um, I thought you were going to, you know what I thought you were going to do? I thought you were going to put in one of our mates, like Jesse, Jesse or Max. I really or, thought about it. Or Max. Um, oh, mate, if we had Otto, Otto's down about 100. We've only had about 15 to 16 oh, I'm sorry. guests, but Otto's, he's well down there. Otto is at number seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Otto, he's lucky to crack top 100 in a list of 10. Yeah, yeah. Jesse's always good, though. Um, oh, yeah, Jesse's good value. Shout out, Jesse. Shout out, Max. So, shout out, Hugh. Shout out everyone but Otto, really. Legend of Money Banks, number six, because uh, there's no other spots left. But that was a great episode, wasn't it? I mean, we looked back at the 2015 Super Rugby final, so it was hella entertaining for us. I mean, well, of course, Alex was to, great. Was he had some great value great stories about where he was during the game and the likes i think we could have recorded a better episode with him looking back but maybe in the future we'll get him back on the story about him and marty banks's mum as well yeah something like that and then some i can't remember exactly the story but where he was watching the game at the time it was something ridiculous (laughs) that was actually a perfect game choice as well because that was like marty banks that lovely drop goal in the final and um yeah that was a a good game choice to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it lives long in the memories for us. Of course, the Highlanders may not ever get back to that level ever again, but who knows? Next season. But, uh, anyway, so, that about wraps up this episode. Be sure to let us know if you'd be keen to hear more or even if you want to send one of, or send us some lists and I can get the other person to do it. Or if you did manage yeah. to play along, let us know what you came out with, but. Absolutely. That was good fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, I think you've got some other game shows. I love the game shows, mate. What else have we got lined up for the game yeah, shows? Yeah, I mean, we've got a wee wavelength one, which is another one ripped straight off the interwebs, but that'll be a good time. We can always do more of these, maybe get a guest or two on to do them with us. Yeah, I've got some guests. Hopefully get some guests lined up. Um, Definitely get some World otherwise... Cup content and then hopefully a few more interviews, maybe look at an old match or two. But, I mean, drop us a follow on Rugby Rewind Instagram on Spotify as well. You can follow on there. I believe you can rate on there as well. So do all those give things. A, give us the fiver. <laughs> yeah, five or nothing. Otherwise, we don't want to hear. Five, yeah, five, yeah, don't review if you think you're five. Yeah, when five. we've got a handful of reviews, if you rate anything but five, we're going to look awful. Fair enough. I mean, I usually get rated the five out of ten anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> it's pretty standard for us. Five combined if we're lucky. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. That was a great episode and we will see you in the next one. Cheers.